Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you are having a great day as we are celebrating ADA Month. You know, I do this every year. It's hard to believe this is the 29th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act on July 26th. Hard to believe. But it's harder to believe that we still have this high unemployment for people with disabilities. But we're still marching on to try to change that. So, Special shout out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, hope you are having a great day. And oh, what a month. What a month, Yoshiko. I know you think of Justin, especially this month. And to the 17 countries that listen to this show. Every time I say this, 17 countries, I can't believe it. But I want to tell you all how much I appreciate you listening to the show, and to Highmark, our lead sponsor for, guess what, three years, our lead sponsor for three years, and that just tells you what this company uh, is like. So, I'm so excited today, I am, and I know that Helena is going to kill me many times, but that's okay. <laughs> I am so honored to have Helena Berger, CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, whom I have been friends with for so long, but is a gift to this country and to people with disabilities for fighting all these years, and she will be continuing to fight. I, uh, Helena will never be able to leave our grasp, but she is just a phenomenal person. Helena, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. I really appreciate that introduction. Um, that's very, very kind of you, and I appreciate what you said, and I appreciate your friendship all of these years. Well, and it's true. Everyone loves Helena. She's such a great disability rights leader, but I say she is the heart and soul of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And Helena, may I start by asking you, how did you first become a member of an employee of AAPD? And also, how did AAPD come to exist? Sure. So um, I started with APD in September of 1997, the organization was just, I guess, barely um, a couple of years old, and one of the co-founders of APD was Paul G. Hearn. I met Paul when I was doing my disability rights advocacy work with an organization called Eastern Paralyzed Veterans Association, which is now United Spinal Association. And when I moved to Washington, D.C., I basically bumped into Paul, and he said, we need a chat. Paul and I had a chat, and I ended up as, at that point, initially the executive director of AAPD. And, and there you were, you were the first employee then. Um, technically, there was actually somebody um, who was 
here before me, and in, sort of in a dual role, she was working with APD and APD's back then sister organization, the uh, Dole Foundation for the Employment of People with Disabilities. But um, I would say I'm pretty close to the first full-time APD employee. The first one. This is going to be Helena's new name. The first. <laughs> We're going to get t-shirts made. AAPD. I'm the first. That's what's going to happen here. Well, Helena, AAPD. Um, how did that happen? Like, what made it happen? I mean, how? Sure. How? And I don't even know that I know this, even though I've been involved all these years. But how did it come to be? Well, it came to be through, um, I think, a lot of conversations with um, two of our co-founders, Paul G. Hearn and John Kemp. John Kemp now, who is the president and CEO of the Viscardi Center, and unfortunately, Paul passed away in 1998. But APD was started five years after the ADA, and Paul and and John and um, a few others would get together and say, you know, we really need an organization in the disability community somewhat similar to AARP, an umbrella organization that would bring the diverse disability community together. Back then, uh, we were started as a membership organization, and we wanted to really build a large membership, try to provide critical benefits to people with disabilities. And from the very beginning, APD's mission always talked about building and increasing the political and economic clout of people with disabilities. And Paul and John really thought if we can build an AARP-type organization, you know, we'd eventually have hundreds of thousands of members and we'd have a lot of clout on Capitol Hill because we had numbers, and those numbers also would allow us to get critical benefits for people with disabilities that they could not necessarily get on their own. So that really was the initial thinking behind AAPD, and they incorporated and started AAPD on July 26, 1995, exactly five years after the passage of the ADA. And that is why we are... The same, Bender Consulting, I'll always remember that, Helena, because Mm -hmm. we started in 1995. I always think about that same anniversary as AAPD, but not the same, you know, day, not July 26th, but um, it's amazing what has happened in all of that time. Isn't it, Helena? (laughs) Yeah, for somebody who has been with the organization for 20 years, I had a little short break in between, but about 20 years, um, it is amazing to watch um, APD's growth and influence and power, and um, it's it's been a very gratifying experience to, to watch that. Well, that was one of my questions is, uh, what what has it meant to you? to serve as the CEO of the organization? Well, I would, you know, I've been doing disability rights work. I just had my 31st anniversary in April of of this year, and so most of my advocacy disability rights work has been spent with APD, and uh, it's really been a a privilege and an honor and, and again, a very gratifying experience knowing that uh, when I first came to APD, um, it was, you know, a small, to be honest, somewhat fledgling organization, and 
you know, we've had other CEOs like Andy Imperato come through and wonderful board members like Joyce, who's still on the board, and Tony Quello and our current board chair, Ted Kennedy, Jr., in addition to amazing, dedicated staff who have worked really, really hard to, you know, to build this organization um, and to build the credibility of the organization, both within our community, with our corporate sponsors, and, and really build programs that are actually ha- helping people with disabilities, tangible, very tangible programs that we can show are helping people every day. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it is wonderful. And, Helena, you have helped more than one time. It was only a few years ago <clears throat> that AAPD was going through difficult times, and you turned everything around. I will always give you credit for that. And I will say that is because also you are the real deal. You really have passion, you really believe this. And I wanted to ask you, um, as CEO, what has that what is it like for you to work on one side with the grassroots organization and then with the business world? Mm-hmm. Well I really think, you know, it's sort of the best of both worlds. You know, I, I do think my passion is in Grassroots advocacy, I've learned that over the years, and I think what I get most excited about is working with our grassroots and mobilizing people, organizing people. Uh, But at the same time, without our corporate partners, to be honest, APD wouldn't be here. Um, Most of our financial support comes from our corporate partners. We also get foundation support. Many of those foundations are actually corporate Foundations, and I've had the opportunity to meet, you know, incredible human beings who are working in these organizations who are also very, very committed to disability rights. And I've really seen that grown over, you know, the 20, 30 years that I've been doing this work, the commitment that the business community has to disability inclusion and as well as, I think, philanthropy. I, I know we'll probably talk about this more. We have a long ways to go when it comes to, you know, employment and other issues, but there's no doubt in my mind that um, the business community and corporations and our partners have a real commitment to disability inclusion and to the rights of people with disabilities. I would agree with that. I would agree. And it's, it's so great to see the business community working with the AAPD and therefore with the disability community. You know, I just think that is so... Awesome. And you have seen really such dedication from the business world. You know, I have to mention someone, uh, Helena, I was thinking about the other day, and that is Cheryl Sensenbrenner, Mm -hmm. uh, who is no longer on the board and has had several health issues. But I will always... You know, when she was chair, I'll never forget when she came to Pittsburgh to meet with me. And I will always think so highly of Cheryl. And I know you know how much work she did. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought her name up, especially as we're talking, you know, during the ADA anniversary week. Um, And I was remiss not to mention her when I mentioned, you know, Ted and and Tony and you and, and, and Andy as our former CEO. Cheryl was critical 
in helping grow AEPD and helping to reach out to the business community. Um, she was a phenomenal fundraiser. Um, I know, again, we'll be talking a little more about the internship program. She was so committed to our summer internship for college and graduate students with disabilities. Just um, really an amazing woman with a huge heart and really, like I said, um, was really instrumental in our development and growth. And we all miss her dearly. I mean, she's she's still with us. Unfortunately, she just uh, can no longer, you know, participate on our board. But we will be thankful to her forever. That is right. <clears throat> we will be. Um, such a great woman and such great dedication and passion and fun. And I just love Cheryl. And I always think about her part and the success of the organization. But right now, we've got to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Helena Berger, CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Helena. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. For those in leadership positions with corporations, governments, nonprofits, and educational institutions, please pay attention. Are you aware that 10 to 15% of your potential clients are unable to use your websites properly? At AudioEye, an advanced technology has been created that eliminates accessibility issues and levels the playing field for all. Make the Internet a meaningful resource for millions of more people. Go to AudioEye.com. More accessible, more usable, more people. Call on AudioEye today. Visit AudioEye.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back, everyone, and happy ADA month. July 26th, 29th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And although we tried to chain her, we could not get Helena to not retire. And she will be retiring in August. But may I say, she will not be leaving us. We will never let go of Helena. We all love Helena. And Helena... We have a new CEO that has started, I guess, this week or next week? Um, yeah, her first day is July 15th, so this, this week. Okay, so, Helena, um, you, let's talk about the new CEO. Do you want to tell everyone who that is? Sure. So, our new CEO is Maria Town. Uh, Mar- Maria just left her job as the director of Houston's mayor's office for people with disabilities. Um, there she was um, the primary liaison between more than half a million people with disabilities in the greater Houston area and the mayor's office, city council, <clears throat> and other and city and state um, entities. Before that, she was in the Obama White House uh, as the senior associate of I'm sorry, Senior Associate Director and Disability Community Liaison in the White House Office of Public Engagement. So she basically was the lead White House, she led White House engagement efforts for the disability community and older Americans. And then prior to that, she, um, she was a policy advisor at the U.S. Department of Labor, Labor Office of Disability Employment Policy. So she certainly knows about national public policy initiatives that are focused on improving employment outcomes for youth with disabilities. So all that said, you know, I think uh, our new CEO has um, great national experience, great state and local experience, certainly knows many of us in the disability community. I think those jobs um, has really forced her to create great interpersonal skills, which I think are really important for the CEO position, and to deal with, you know, a lot of diverse issues and personalities and people, which, of course, is is also an important skill when you're leading an organization. So I'm incredibly excited to uh, have Maria lead um, APD into the future, and I'm anticipating, you know, wonderful things over the next few years. Yes, and... Uh, and Maria, welcome. I am confident you will do a great job, and we are so excited to have you uh, at the helm of AAPD. And I know you have big shoes to follow, but I know Helene is going to be there uh, to help you and mentor you along the way. I just know you'll do a great job. Helena, something that I wanted to talk to you about mm-hmm. is the Rev Up campaign. And you know, I'm looking here at my laptop and my computer. And what's this say here? Rev Up, make the disability vote count because I have this sticker on my computer. <laughs> and I know this 
oh, this is your baby. I know, Helena, how much you love the Rev Up, Rev Up campaign. So why don't we talk about that so you can get everyone else as enthused as you are? I'll rev up everybody. How's that, Joyce? I'm That's rev right. Up you everybody. rev everybody up. So you are right. Um, this is one of the favorite things I love to talk about at APD. As I mentioned earlier, increasing the political and economic power has always been part of APD's mission. When I came back to APD a little over four years ago, um, our former voting initial, initiative no longer existed. So we decided, especially with the 2016 presidential election coming up, that we really needed to create another voting initiative. And uh, actually, REVUP, which stands for Register, Educate, Vote, Use Your Power, was an initiative um, in Texas. And we had some conversations with our friends in Texas, specifically Bob Kafka, and long story short, they said, hey, we want to hand this over to APD to organize it and make it a national effort. So since then, um, which again, 2016, we've uh, worked to develop 32 state disability voting coalitions. And the primary emphasis behind RevUp is really all about increasing the political power of people with disabilities, elevating the disability vote, because there is a disability vote, and making sure that everybody who's running for office and the media and even people in our own community and outside our community realize that people with disabilities can actually influence and be influential uh, at the voting booth. And I, I think a lot of times um, we're not thought of as a powerful constituency. So we're working to grow the vote and have more people with disabilities voting to ensure that we're voting people into office that really care about our issues so we can see real change both at the national, state, and local level. You know, Helena, why do you think uh that is that even when I talk about, you know, voting in the disability community, that so many people act as if, uh, I don't know, that like it doesn't matter or that our vote is not significant? Why do you think that is? You know, I think one of the reasons is I think there are so many issues that organizations are dealing with, right, when it comes to uh, disability issues on a regular basis, you know, protecting the ADA, saving health care, saving Medicaid, you know, access to accessible transportation, access to affordable, accessible housing, getting people out of institutions, right? The list can go on and on and on. And I just think sometimes um, the whole voting issue and getting more people with disabilities to vote while they're dealing with all these other sometimes very time-sensitive issues just doesn't rise to the level of importance that it is. And, and my argument is why this is so critical and we should all be focused on it because if we care about all those other issues, I mean, it's all connected. If we want to save the Affordable Care Act, if we want to save Medicaid, if we want to make sure there's more, you know, accessible, affordable housing and on and on and on, then we need to be voting people into office, like I say, at the county level, at the state level, at the federal level, that care about our issues. And the only way that, for that to happen is, one, we, get, we have to vote. More of us with disabilities need to vote so that politicians care about our vote, 
court our vote and talk about our issues. It's really a two-way street. So I'm proud to say that RevOps, since 2016, we have seen the momentum continuing. You know, a lot of times in the disability community, people get interested in doing this voting work every four years, right, when there's a presidential election. We have seen very little slippage between 2016 and where we are today. There is intense interest. It hasn't waned. To be honest, I think the political environment we're in is helping us, but I think people are realizing that this is really critically important if we want to make real change. Yeah, Helena, just think if we had uh, a large group of people with disabilities uh, voting from the huge number of us that there are, if we did, we would have those presidential candidates talking to us, wanting to make sure we voted for them. In other words, talking about their uh, platform, their issues. Don't you think I'm right? Oh, you absolutely are right. You, you absolutely are. I mean, look, let's be honest. In our country, what do most politicians care about? They either care, can you write, you know, can you write me a check or do you vote for me? Well, we know a lot of people in our community don't have the, the ability to write a check because the poverty rate is twice as high for people with disabilities than it is for people without disabilities. But we can certainly vote, and that is a powerful tool. And again, if our elected leaders knew that we can be an influential voting bloc, which we're not yet, but I really believe we can become, they would be paying much more attention to us. And that's why during this week, um, the 15th through the 19th of July, um, the RevUp campaign is once again organizing National Disability Voter Registration Week because we need to make sure more people with disabilities are registering, and then we need to make sure they're voting. And here's just a, an interesting statistic. Um, in 2016, there were 35.4 million people who were eligible to vote. That's, I think, a 16th of the electorate back then. If you increase family, it's over 62 million, which is about a quarter of the electorate. I mean, these numbers are really, really powerful. And I think people just aren't thinking about, you know, the power of the ballot. But it's very, very powerful, and I again, I think it's one of the more important things as a community we really need to be focusing on. So, Helena, that that group of people with disabilities that are eligible to vote, um, approximately then, how large do you think that is? So, Rutgers University, who has done a disability vote report after just about every election, both presidential and midterm, um, they came out in 2016 based on their study that there were 35.4 million eligible people that were able to vote. Wow. That's, yeah, and that's right. That's a huge number. And their report, like I said, said if you start including family members, it brings it up to over 62 million people. I mean, that's why in my mind, and I've been so committed to this, we can be a voting bloc. We can be influential. And I want to underscore, too, that our RevUp campaign is nonpartisan. We have to be nonpartisan as a 501c3 nonprofit. 
So we're not telling people how to vote. We're just trying to educate them and get them registered and hopefully get them to the polling place. They make up their own minds who they want to vote for. Regardless of who they vote for, we, again, we can be influential, we can be powerful, and we can be, in my mind, the same way you have politicians now courting, like, white suburban women. And, you know, they, we hear now that, you know, black women, because they voted at high numbers in the 2018 as a constituency that's being courted. Uh, older Americans, because they've always had, you know, a high, uh, voting percentage have always been courted. There's no reason why people with disabilities, you know, are not being viewed at in the same light. Yeah. And that, that's I our know. goal. I know. I agree with you. I agree with you so much, Alina. And I hope that this week you are taking this seriously. And I know if you go to the AAPD.com site, there's information always about RevUp. Yep, so AAPD.com. And if you do .com slash RevUp, R-E-V-U-P, it'll take you right to all our RevUp information. Which is awesome. And we'd love for more states to be involved. All right there. I hope Helena got you revved up <laughs> because we're going to break right now. Um, and we are celebrating this month, ADA month, July 26th. And remember, people, we got to register to vote. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Helena Berger. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. For those in leadership positions with corporations, governments, nonprofits, and educational institutions, please pay attention. Are you aware that 10 to 15% of your potential clients are unable to use your websites properly? At AudioEye, an advanced technology has been created that eliminates accessibility issues and levels the playing field for all. Make the Internet a meaningful resource for millions of more people. Go to AudioEye.com. More accessible, more usable, more people. Call on AudioEye today. Visit AudioEye.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Helena Berger, the CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, a national disability rights leader, And I'm so blessed to say my friend who I've known for so long. Um, And it's so exciting. So many things have happened, Helena, since 1995 when AAPD was founded. And one of them is who knew or who thought we would have Ted Kennedy Jr. as the chair of AAPD, who, by the way, also was a big fan of uh, Cheryl Sensenbrenner, Ted Kennedy. Um, I mean, it's so unbelievable. And he is also a major advocate of the Disability Equality Index. You know, every time I talk about the Disability Equality Index, many times people will say to me, oh, yeah, that's Disability In or prior. Before they changed their name, they would say, oh, yes, that's USBLN. And it is part disability and which is so fabulous, but it is also AAPD. And Helena, maybe you can explain what I mean about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, one, in terms of Ted as a board chair, you know, he's been on our board probably 15, 16 years, but the fact that he was willing to step up a couple of years ago into a leadership position, um, yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky. And he has really taken the DEI sort of under his wing and has really pushed more adoption of the DEI. But we are a partner of Disability In. We're 50-50 partners. As a matter of fact, the concept of a disability equality index, which we used to call before we called it the DEI, was just a benchmarking tool. And... And that concept actually started with AAPD uh, a number of years ago. It now has morphed into, again, the Disability Equality Index in partnership with Disability In. And it's a benchmarking tool for basically Fortune 500 and 1,000 companies to take to see where they are with their policies and practices as it pertains to disability inclusion. And it's very comprehensive. You know, it looks at culture. It looks at hiring, accessibility, philanthropy, um, their vendors, you know, the business community um, who are taking the tool says it could take anywhere from, you know, 35, 40 hours to complete. So, again, it's, it's very comprehensive, and I think it's a really great way to start. Um, if you're not quite sure what you're doing in the disability inclusion space, or even if you know what you're doing but you really want to assess where you're you're really excelling, where you need improvement, 
Um, so, you know, clearly I'm biased, but it, it's, it's a fabulous tool, and I think, you know, we have many testimonials from a lot of businesses who find it to be incredi- incredibly helpful and useful as they uh, continue their, their journey of um, increasing disability inclusion in the workplace. Yes, it is. It is fabulous. And I'm so proud, you know, Helena, that it started with AAPD. So it is a partnership between AAPD and Disability and, and oh my goodness, our chair, Ted Kennedy, his name could be Ted D.E.I. Kennedy. I mean, he is helped so much. You cannot imagine how much he has helped with this. Would you agree with that, Helena? Yeah, I think two things that he's done that has really, you know, been instrumental. One is um, we've been through disability and, and, and certainly Ted, though. I give Ted tremendous amount of credit for this. We worked in partnership with uh, the company called Accenture, and they did a report called Getting to Equal, And that report, basically, the data shows that companies who embrace disability inclusion, hiring people with disabilities, taking the DEI, over time, their performance is four times higher than the performance of their peers. And that, you know, that is groundbreaking information, right? Companies, let's be honest, companies want to do the right thing, but they're also driven by the bottom line. And the bottom line is, again... Disability inclusion, DEI, hiring people with disabilities, four times better performance. So that's one thing that Ted did that I think was really instrumental and could be a game changer. The other thing he's been working on is getting the institutional investment community to encourage Fortune 500 companies to also embrace disability inclusion. So not that long ago... Um, New York State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli did a letter, uh, or sent a letter, I should say, to 49 of the largest corporations in America and basically encouraged them to embrace disability inclusion. Then, a couple of months ago, we had a sign-on letter by at least 20 different entities, again, that are really representing the the investor, the institutional investor community to, to say the same thing. And that's never been done before. I mean, you're talking about companies like Fidelity and Vanguard and other state controllers. I mean, it was unheard of. So I think the combination of the report and getting the investment community to embrace the DEI and disability inclusion, I am convinced over time that will be a huge, huge game changer and ultimately, you know, mean hopefully we'll see more people with disabilities being hired. Yes, yes. I mean, it is. It is phenomenal what he has done because, you know, he's hitting companies where it counts, and that's mm-hmm. profitability. I mean, he is – That and thank you, Accenture, for what you've done, but those those things that Ted did – is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this whole thing with these investors, which represents a trillion dollars in investment funds, I mean, 
right. how much more powerful could that be? So, I mean, yeah. you know, again. And, and let's be, right, and let's be honest. I mean, you and I can talk until basically we're blue in the face, but when a Tom DiNapoli from New York State controller who manages over $200 billion in assets, you know, the New York State Pension Fund, when he talks, right, companies are going to listen because they want him investing those $200 billion in their company. And if he cares about where they stand on disability inclusion, again, they're going to start listening and paying attention. Um, and, and I, I, again, I just credit, um, you know, Ted for being such a forward thinker about the DEI and really, really taking us to the next level. Yes, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, he's just so awesome. He really is. And I know that he also is excited about our interns. And this is another thing that you love, Helena, is mm-hmm. our internship pro- program, which really, to me, is just, you know, a really showcase for AAPD. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And it has been so successful. And when you talk about the program, you can tell the Cheryl Sensenbrenner part of the story. Yeah. So AAPD, um, I would say this is our signature program. It's our summer internship for college and graduate students with disabilities. Uh, this is the 18th summer. We've probably had close to 400 students come through the program. Matter of fact, this summer is the most diverse class we've ever had in terms of um, gender and disability and sexual preference and, and gender ID. So it's, it's really, really very exciting. And this is one of those programs where you, you know you're making a tangible difference because we talk to the students. You know, we do an exit interview with them before they leave. It's a 10-week program. Um, we pay for their transportation to and from D.C. They get put up in accessible housing at George Washington University. They get a mentor for the summer, and we started a, a new component last summer of the program where they go to class every Friday, and half of the day they're learning about um, American government and civics, and the second half they're talking with disability experts on a particular issue that's impacting um, the disability community. And what we find out when we conduct the exit interviews is how sort of transformative and transformational this program is on an individual basis. I mean, for some students it may be their first time away from home. For some of them it's, you know, experiencing different types of disabilities other than their own. For many of them it's it's leaving with disability pride, having confidence and being proud of who you are. And I can go on and on and on. Um because I, I've witnessed this, you know, for the last 18 years myself. And, again, it, it's really an amazing program. I have to thank um, the Mitsubishi Electric America Foundation for initially <coughs> helping us um, start the program. And now if you go to our website, we've got tremendous supporters such as, like, the Coca-Cola Foundation, the AT&T Foundation, and Google, and a handful of others. And um, we're just really, really proud of how it's grown, but most importantly, the profound impact that it has on the students that come through the program. And just lastly, I I should also mention that we usually have students 
um, who immediately sometimes get offered a job at the end of the internship, others who get offered other internships. So, it, again, it's just having an amazing impact uh, on the lives of these students. And if it's not immediate, it affects them, you know, later in their life. They look back and they reflect, and it was like, hey, that internship really was a turning point for me. Yeah, that's true. And Cheryl, didn't oh, she have Cheryl, that yeah. dinner? Didn't she have a dinner so, yes, with I'm them? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Cheryl, what Cheryl would do, because, again, she loved the program, she loved the students, and she's probably one of the most generous people I know, is she would um, take the, all the students out for dinner as well as go to the museum here in Washington, D.C., buy them tickets to the museum, take them out to dinner, um, she was also a mentor to one of the students. I mean, again, just very, very generous and just full of love and passion for this program and the students. And, um, again, we were very lucky to have her on the board and, and, you know, supporting the program and the students. Yes, we love you, Cheryl. Well, um, we have a big event coming up here, and that is the AAPD Justice for All. And Helena, I remember it from way back, way back. Um, But why don't you talk about the upcoming event? Sure. So on July 23rd, we have our ADA celebration. Um, We're holding it up on Capitol Hill. We are... um, giving an award to actually the Coca-Cola Foundation. It's called our, it's the first time we're giving out this award. It's called our APD Youth Partner Award for being such a strong supporter of our summer internship program, and we're also helping them uh, stand up in 2020 an internal internship program for college students with disabilities at Coca-Cola, so we're very excited about that. Uh, Our two uh, featured speakers are... um, Leader Pelosi and uh, Congressman Hoyer, Majority Leader Hoyer. And then we have a number of um, representatives confirmed to to stop by and say a few words. Of course, Ted will be there, and uh, we'll be able to introduce Maria to folks who may not know her yet. So we've got a pretty full evening of um, hopefully mostly fun, but some some presentations, some some speakers, and um, but again, just an opportunity to celebrate the ADA, the 29th anniversary of the ADA, the 24th anniversary of AAPD, and um, like I say, just have some, some fun. Yeah, and Helena, haven't we been doing this for years? Oh, geez, you're right, Joyce. I've probably lost count how many years. We, we probably started this in... I'm probably going to say the early early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, so a very long time. It easily could be 15 years. Yeah. Um, I, I remember. I, I remember um, different places that we had it, you know, back in time. And it is, I love this because we're celebrating the ADA. <laughs> And there are so many things going on at the same time uh, in D.C., like the uh, Nickel March and just Mm -hmm. so many other great things. But I love this 
uh, ADA event. And it will be so exciting to have everyone there and to recognize you, Helena, for all you have done and so much you have done. Uh, you know, I, I am just very excited about it. Next year, Helena is the 30th anniversary of the ADA. So what all do you think AAPD, I know you're involved now, will Mm -hmm. be doing to celebrate? Well, I think we'll be part of probably um, a big celebration happening in D.C. I mean, on the 25th anniversary, AAPD was one of the lead, lead organizers for the big ADA 25th celebration. So I'm assuming there'll be a very similar type of celebration here in Washington, D.C., on the 30th anniversary. Um, National Disability Leadership Alliance, which is an alliance made up of um, disability organizations led by people with disabilities. We have about 18 steering committee members. There have been discussions about starting to put together a committee of, of volunteers to start working on the 30th anniversary since it's, you know, only a year away. So um, I know even though I won't be here, I know APD will certainly, um, you know, be involved in that, and people will be hearing more about that as we get closer to the anniversary date. And I should mention also next year will be APD's 25th anniversary, so APD has a lot to celebrate next year, and I look forward to um, being there to celebrate with everyone. Well, of course you'll be there, Helena. I mean, I know you're retiring, but as you had made clear, you will Mm -hmm. still be working to uh, be involved with AAPD. Isn't that correct? That is absolutely correct. I have made it very clear that um, even though I'm entering a, a new and different phase in my life, that a, you know, AAPD and the community um, you know, is a big part of my life, will continue to be a big part of my life, and I am committed to, to being a, you know, a foot soldier in this fight and to do whatever I can do to help AAPD and anything else that uh, may come up. Yes. Well, we will be. Don't worry. You're not, we have a lasso on you, <laughs> Helena. We're not letting you go anywhere. You know, Helena, next year is the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so many wonderful things have happened, you know, uh, curb cuts, you know, housing, transportation, uh, captioning, you know, we could go on and on, but not employment. Why yeah. do you think that is? So my, what I always say is I think one of the barriers and obstacles why, you know, almost in 30 years we haven't seen that needle move since the ADA was passed, even though, like you said, we've seen a lot of progress in other areas, because I think one of the biggest barriers and one of the hardest barriers to overcome are the attitudinal barriers. And I think people's attitudes, be it their conscious or unconscious bias about people with disabilities, is a big barrier to hiring. And if we were able to break down those barriers, and I think it's getting better as we see more companies hiring people with disabilities, I mean, that's the best way to break it down, right? Just hire that first person with a disability and you'll realize some of the stigma and myths and whatever, you know, biases you bring to the table, hopefully 
they dissipate once you start, you know, talking and working and dealing with people with disabilities. So I think there are systemic issues either, right? There's this whole work disincentive. So if you do get a job and you're not making that much, but you make enough where you lose your benefits and your benefits that you're getting are really important, then it's like, okay, you know, do I work or do I maintain my my benefits, and a lot of people need to maintain their their benefits. So, you know, again, systemic things that need to happen up on Capitol Hill where we we change some of that, but I, I really do believe that if we can crack the attitudinal barriers, um, we would see the employment numbers moving in the right direction. Yeah, and it is it, it is so sad, you know, that it's the 30th anniversary and 70% of people with disabilities are still not counted in the workforce. So guess up. Guess what? Remember that Rev Up campaign that Helena talked about? You need to vote. You need to get registered to vote because you cannot change America or change the way uh, companies think, politicians think, without voting. Your voice must be heard so that we can make many changes. Uh, And Helena, thank you so much for being with us. But in behalf of all people with disabilities, thank you for your incredible leadership and years of service to AAPD. And I will end that by saying, and you won't get away from us. (laughs) Thank you, Joyce. So much. Well, as we are celebrating, you know what? We have to we have to salute once again Cheryl Sensenbrenner. And we end every show with a quote, and today the quote is when your per- personal office staff truly reflects the diversity of your home districts, including representation from your citizens with disabilities, then You will have led by example, and all of us will benefit from the insights that these staff will bring to the work of government. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I look forward to talking to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.